We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my friends and you sweet, sweet souls. I hope you're having an exquisite day today. You know, years ago, in one of my first and most fun past professions, I was a cosmetologist. I suspect people would come to me not only to get their hair cut, colored, permed, and styled, but I think to talk, to share, connect, catch up, laugh, and because we loved each other. I came to be known not just as a hairdresser, but a therapist, which was perhaps foreshadowing for my current profession as a holistic life counselor and therapist. I have such fond memories of helping people feel great about the way they looked and so appreciated those friendships and relationships, sharing our life lessons with one another and the genuine affection and love. And today to talk about his life-changing lessons and what he's learned from his own therapist is my guest and happiness expert, Dr. Tal Ben Shahar. Tal received his bachelor's PhD and is a lecturer at Harvard University. He also consults and lectures around the world to executives in multinational corporations, Fortune 500 companies, educational institutions, and the general public. His areas of expertise and topics include leadership, education, ethics, happiness, self-esteem, resilience, goal setting, and mindfulness. He is the author of six books, including the international bestsellers Being Happy, Happier, and Choosing the Life You Want. Today, we're going to talk about his new book, Shortcuts to Happiness, Life-Changing Lessons from a Barber, where Tal details two years of heartfelt conversations with his barber, Avi. Dr. Ben Shahar has generously shared his wisdom and teachings in Finding Fulfillment Internationally, in Trailblazing, and the most ever attended Harvard courses, and now here with us here today on Journey to Center and Empower Radio. So welcome back, Tal. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you, Tammy. It's great to be back. So you did touch on your friendship and relationship with Avi in our last show. And I would like you to share a little bit more about why this man has affected you so profoundly. Um, you know, I think the reason why uh, Avi affected me in such ways is because, first and foremost, the way he lives. And if I can just share two, uh, two specifics. Yes, please. Um, so uh, he, he's a great barber, very successful, and, and very often people have come to him and offered to, to help him uh, expand his business, uh, to open up another, uh, uh, another salon and uh, train others and, and make more money and be more successful. And um, he's, he's always turned it down. And I, and I asked him why you know, when, when the opportunity is, is there. And he said, because I have everything that I want. And I, and, and I asked him, what, what do you mean? And he said, look, I come here to work and I have um, relationships that I cultivate and I have conversations within those relationships. Um, so relationships and conversations. And I thought, you know, going home and reflecting on it, that this is exactly what Aristotle talked about. So Aristotle, you know, considered by many the father of Western philosophy, um, said that the two primary paths to happiness are friendship and contemplation. Mm. Friendship and contemplation. And Avi responded in the exact same way. Um, and he didn't read 
Aristotle. For him, it was, uh, it was obvious, it was uh, intuitive. And um, because um, he cultivates relationships, he has friendships, and uh, the, the um, conversations uh, help him understand himself, others, the world better. So there mm -hmm. is learning, there is learning there. And speaking of learning, this is the second thing about Avi. Avi never graduated from uh, high school. And yet he's one of the wisest uh, people I've ever met. Mm. Uh, he's, a, he's a lifelong learner. He's always learning. He's learning by, by reading, by, by watching lectures, attending uh, workshops, by uh, more than anything, by having these conversations and uh, learning from other people. Um, so he's, he's, um, he's a lifelong learner. And there's actually a lot of research uh, today, more and more research today, on the value of curiosity and learning. Mm -hmm. So we know, for example, for business, it's, it's, it's important to, to, to learn, to grow, because uh, if you don't learn, you, 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 st you stay behind. You cannot, you cannot thrive uh, and you may not even survive. Um, so it's important for success. But one thing that we're also seeing today in research is that curiosity contributes to health. In fact, curiosity can help us live longer. Mm. I love that. You know, I suggest that to people a lot of times when they're feeling a little bit stagnant in their lives. I'm like, pick up um, a local paper where you can like look at classes, courses, what sparks that kind of life mm. in you? What um, just makes you feel happy for no reason? Go do it, not for the process, not for the product, but for the process to kind of get back into that state of um, learning and joy and curiosity for the fun of it. I think that's such wonderful um, wisdom and truth. You know, it reminds me when um, my, my third or fourth year when I taught at Harvard, um, I started to feel somewhat stale and, um, and, and, and uninspired and, un and, and not excited. And, and I felt like, my like I wasn't doing well as, as a teacher. And, and, and I thought about it and I said, you know, why is it? And I said, okay, so I've been teaching the same material for a few years, what, what can I do? And what I did was very simple. Every day I would spend 15 to 20 minutes learning something new. And then once in a while, I would incorporate a new idea. I didn't radically change the class, just incorporate one you know, small new idea uh, each class or every other class. And what a difference that made. Uh, I was inspired again. I was excited to teach again. Uh, I learned new things and, and, and I became a better teacher as a result of it. Mm. I, I think that that is such wonderful um, an invitation and suggestion and advice. Something else you talk about that I think is so true and that I see Avi really exemplifying is authenticity, being true to ourselves. And that's um, how we become really content. Can you talk about that a little bit? Um, sure. You know, there's a quote uh, not really attributed to anyone, which is um, uh, be yourself. Everyone else is taken. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, the, the, first of all, uh, it's true. The problem is that we very often try to be someone else. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think about in the context of my teaching, how I wanted to be like uh, uh, Richard Hackman, who was my professor, or I wanted to be like Alan Langer, who was another professor uh, I admired. And it just doesn't work. Um, we, we perform at our best and we're happiest when we, when we learn from others, for sure, and then uh, find our own, our own voice. You know, it's mm -hmm. not for nothing that, um, that, uh, 
Shakespeare and many other wise people throughout history admonished us to, to be ourselves, uh, to thine own self be true. Um, because it is then that we are um, uh, happiest and also that's when we serve others best, not when we try to conform, yes. uh, but rather when we are genuine and real. And it's not easy because a part of uh, human nature is uh, that we want, um, we want to be liked, we want the approval of others, and, um, and in the short term sometimes um, living according to others' expectations can make us uh, liked more, uh, but not in the long term. And also we're losing out in terms of uh, uh, loving ourselves when we conform, when we run away from our true self. Yeah, I think when we start trying to perform for the audience rather than, I think, relaxing into our authentic shape, we're eventually going to suffer. Yes, we are going to suffer. Our relationships are going to suffer. Moreover, we're also uh, not serving uh, others. Uh, best when when yeah. we're not genuine. Yes. Now, there's, a, there's a wonderful uh, essay written by Ralph Waldo Emerson back in uh, 1841. Uh, on it, It's called On Friendship. And um, in it, uh, he writes the following. He says, uh, in a friend, I'm not looking for a mush of concessions, a person who will agree with everything that I say. Mm-hmm. Rather, in a friend, I'm looking for a beautiful enemy, a person who will challenge me, uh, who will help me in my apprenticeship to the truth. Mm. And uh, I love this phrase, beautiful enemy. And what that means is that um, uh, rather than conforming, we need to be real and, um, and, and, and challenge ourselves, challenge others in, in a beautiful way, mm-hmm. in, a, in a loving way. Yeah, to tell the truth, to speak the truth rather than to be um, a yes person or maybe a people pleaser. Or, exactly. Um, yeah, I think that is really wonderful. So, um, Tal, I'd love to know about a few more of the qualities that you saw Avi embody that you so um, respect or admire. Mm. Yeah, so, you know, one of the... Um, so Avi is very, very eloquent. As, as I mentioned, he, he's extremely knowledgeable, very wise, and yet, and yet... He also values silence. Um, so sometimes, again, his intuition told him that what we, what I needed more than anything else was, you know, not advice or, or wisdom. What I needed was silence, and he would be silent, and we, we could be silent for twenty or or, or thirty minutes, um, and it was liberating, I must mm-hmm. say. And there's, uh, there's, uh, it got me thinking about about two things. One about uh, Mozart, who. Who, who once said that the most important element of, uh, of a musical piece is the silence between the notes. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, and I also thought about uh, uh, Robert M. Piercig. He's the author of uh, Lila, which is, uh, he's also the author of Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. But in his book, Lila, uh, Robert M. Piercig writes about the Native American culture, and he, and he contrasts this culture with the uh, uh, white American European uh, culture, and specifically in the context of our relationship towards silence. Um, the, the white American, the European, um, in general and historically feels discomfort in the absence of words, whereas uh, the Native American feels very comfortable uh, in silence, uh, he said when he, you know, he visited their um, um, 
their um, their homes, he said they would sit around sometimes for hours, just you know, looking at one another, looking within, uh, and not talking and feeling perfectly comfortable with it. And um, there's a lot of value. There's a lot of value in silence. One of my uh, dear friends, Peter Bregman, who's a leadership expert, he said he 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 talks about how silence is the sound of thinking. Silence is the sound of thinking when it comes to leadership. And, um, and, and it's important for leaders, it's important in relationships. Uh, rather than um, experiencing awkward silence, why not see it as pregnant silence? Uh, why not see it as, 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 as a space in which we can learn, uh, reflect, and grow? Mm. I love that. And I think it can take really um, being comfortable inside of oneself, being comfortable in one's skin to be okay with that kind of silence, which I certainly get that Avi has and is. He's very um, authentically himself, very comfortable in his skin. So he has that peaceful presence. Exactly. Exactly. He doesn't feel the, the, the pressure to fill in uh, voids. He's comfortable there. Mm, I love that. And I also love what you talked about. It's like he doesn't feel the need to push. He doesn't need more to be happy. And I do think sometimes, and this was certainly true for me, that that quality of ambition and doing this, and I guess maybe trying to prove something to someone, um, that work ethic really um, moved me out of alignment with my soul and peace. And he seems to have this innate understanding that um, balance, and um, purpose and meaning and relationship, he's found that balance with those qualities so that he doesn't feel that need to be out there working harder, doing, proving, which, gosh, that's a relief. Uh, yes, it is a relief. And one thing that he does emphasize is that these things uh, are uh, learned qualities. Uh, mm -hmm. There are qualities that develop over time. And uh, you know, I was thinking to uh, another one of my mentors, uh, his name is uh, uh, Warren Bennis, and Warren Bennis was a, a leadership uh, expert. He was my teacher in business school. I was later his teaching assistant. And um, Warren Bennis uh, is um, one of, uh, perhaps considered the, the, the founder of the field of leadership studies. So when he celebrated his 80th birthday, uh, Harvard uh, organized a, a very large party where the the who's and who's were there. You know, people he worked with. You know, from you know the the, the great politicians to great academics. And um, at night he had um, a party at home for his uh, uh, for his guests, and I was invited uh, uh, to help to participate. And um, throughout the evening, I basically uh, followed him or. You can say I, I stalked him for the whole, <laughs> and 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 I was I was amazed uh, and mesmerized by his presence because regardless of whom he talked to, whether it was the um, you know the waiter serving the hors d'oeuvres or or um, or um, one of the most powerful you know people in the world, he would you know speak to them with humbleness and and confidence and respect, and he was truly a, a light. Uh, unto the, uh, the the people present there, and and I observed him and observed him. Then at the end of the night, you know, I stayed uh, I stayed uh, over with uh, I stayed late uh, with, with him and Grace, his wife, to help them. And then it became too late, and I had to leave, unfortunately. Um, but then just before I left, I said to him, Warren, uh, how is it that you're this way? 
-hmm. How is it that you're this way? And he paused for a, you know, a second or two, and then he said, Tal, I wasn't always this way. Mm -hmm. Good night. Um, and, um, and, and, and I left, and I've been, I thought about what he said, and I've been, it's been with me. You know, this was uh, 15 years ago. Uh, it's been with me since, because essentially what he was telling me was, um, first of all, he wasn't falsely modest. He said, oh, no, stop. I'm, I'm not that way. You know, he understands his worth. He values himself, which mm -hmm. is great. And yet he told me, this is a process. It's work. And um, this is such important advice, and it's, a, it's the same advice that I received from Avi. You know, it doesn't happen overnight. These things evolve. Self-development is a process. You now, you talk, Tanya, a lot about relationships and how important it is to grow together yes. in the context of a relationship. We, you know, David Schnarch, uh, the relationship expert, says um, we we don't get uh, ready for marriage. Marriage makes us ready for marriage. <laughs> In other words, it's a, it's, it's, it's a process and, um, and, and the way we grow in the context of a relationship as, as individuals, as, as managers, as parents, um, the, the way we grow is by acting uh, and reflecting on our action and then taking more action and then reflecting further on our action. And it takes time. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mm -hmm. happen overnight. And we have to be open to failure, to difficulties, to hardships. Um, and we have to be uh, 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 modest and, uh, and humble so that we can learn throughout. Yes, I do think that that is true. I talk all the time about life being um, a process of refinement. It's like going to a buffet. Maybe you don't like what you, what you got. You go back, you make another choice. You make another choice. And maybe this time you refine it. It's like, oh, I like that, but I want a little salt with it. You know, you, it's a constant refining. Um, and, and I think that is how we become... Um, better, more polished, more happy, more healthy human beings. It's about wanting to learn and grow and be introspective like you speak of and um, be better, become better. So I'm very curious, Tal. I know you had worked on this book for about two years and you didn't tell Avi about it. Mm-hmm. So what was that like? Yeah. So, you know, there was one person in the whole world who knew about uh, me writing the book, and it was uh, my wife. Uh, I didn't even tell you know, my closest friends because I didn't want it to slip out you know, by, by accident, and I didn't want to you know, ruin the authenticity uh, of my uh, interactions with, uh, with Avi. So n no one knew about it. And um, I, I would take notes, but, you know, I always take notes. I'm, I'm a writer, so I would take notes when I would sit down and, and, and he would say something that I wanted to remember for later. But he had no idea that I was actually taking notes about, about him. And uh, <laughs> after two years, um, I did decide to tell him, actually two years to the day, um, I did tell him because uh, I had to, because I wanted to, to publish it as a book and I needed his uh, uh, his, um, his okay. And I told him, you know, this is a co-authored book um, with uh, all that that means, uh, be it in terms of uh, uh, royalties and in terms of rights, it's, it's our book. And uh, he, he, was, he was stunned. He was, he was shocked, but, uh, but was very happy about it. Now, the interesting thing is, Tammy, is that, you know, I told him about this uh, you know, over a year ago, um, um, just before I gave it to the uh, to the publisher, and he didn't change. 
we still have the same relationship, the same wisdom, the same humbleness uh, as, as ever. Uh, so I actually could have told him this, you know, three, four years ago, but uh, <laughs> in, in retrospect, but I, I didn't want to risk it. <laughs> uh, I think that that is so beautiful. He certainly seems to have um, a beautiful quality of um, not just authenticity, but groundedness and humility and just kindness. Mm. And, you know, the, the, the other thing that, that I love, you know, he, he, in terms of groundedness, he, he speaks, uh, again, he, he's, he's, he's very wise and he can, he can speak at, at, a, at a very high academic level and, and, and he can also bring very complex ideas down to earth. Yes. And if I, if I can give a, a, an example, so this is one of my, my, my favorites. Um, so I was having my hair cut and, and this... Um, and this woman comes uh, and she's uh, seething. And she sits down, you know, waiting for a haircut. And, you know, both Avi and I can see that she's very angry. And Avi asks her, you know, what's up? You know, what's wrong? And she says, you know, this idiot just cut me off on the road. And how dare he? And, you know, so this was road rage. Um, and he says to her, you know what I do when people cut me off? And she said, what? And she said, let me tell you. So, so I, I, I was... Um, I was waiting for a parking spot um, the other day and uh, I was waiting patiently and the car pulled out and I was just about to come in when an SUV came over and took my spot. Mm. And she asked him, so what did you do? And, you know, both of us were expecting, well, I came out of the car and, you know, gave it to him because, you know, Avi's a very strong guy <laughs> and that's not what he did. He said, what I did was that I imagined that a cow cut me off. And we said, what? And, and he said, yeah, I imagine that a, a cow cut me off. And of course, both of us you know, started to laugh. And, and he said, exactly. Because when I imagine a cow cutting me off, I start to laugh. I find it amusing. <laughs> and, and, and I don't get angry then. And you know, he was, it's, it's, again, it's very simple. And by the way, I've been using it consistently since. <laughs> Uh, and, and it works. And, and, and the thing is that it's actually based on his intuition, but also on, on real research. So there's research showing that we cannot experience two conflicting emotions at the same time. In other words, we cannot experience amusement and anger at the same time. We cannot experience uh, empathy uh, or, or empathy and, and hatred at the same time. They conflict. And as soon as you bring up, you know, the, the, the cow, you're laughing, you're amused, you're not angry anymore. Mm -hmm. And you save yourself and others a lot of uh, heartache because we usually, not always, but we usually regret uh, blowing up at people, whether it's a stranger on the street or a loved one. Yeah. And it just doesn't feel that good. I far prefer amusement. I love that. <laughs> That's fantastic. I'm going to use it myself. I appreciate that. <laughs> Okay, Tal, we just have a few minutes left here. Can you tell people how to connect with you and grab a copy of this really super wise and fun and awesome book, Shortcuts to Happiness? Uh, sure. So my website is uh, talbenshahar.com. That's T-A-L-B-E-N-S-H-A-H-A-R.com. And there um, you have links uh, to, to all my books, uh, to my online programs, and uh, various uh, other uh, sweets. <laughs> <laughs> like my sweets. I think that's 
<laughs> so we just have two minutes left here. Any final words of wisdom? Any last suggestions other than maybe picking up a copy of your book and get some sweets off your website? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know, um, I think that the most important lesson that I learned from uh, my uh, my uh, experience with Avi is that wisdom is all around us and within us. And yeah, of course, we can gain wisdom by you know watching a, a lecture of a of a, of a famous uh, uh, professor or or read a book by an expert. Uh, however, so much of what we can learn um, we can learn from the people near us. Mm -hmm. uh, the, our whether it's uh, young people, uh, older people, whether it's our partners, whether it's our colleagues. Um, and the thing is that when we learn. And when we are in a position to learn, in other words, when we really listen to what others are doing, a few things happen. The first thing that happens is that we learn. The second thing that happens is that we actually become healthier when we learn how to listen well, because we're being mindful and we're practicing mindfulness when we truly listen. And then we also empower the other person when we truly listen to them. So introducing the quality of listening, of mindful listening, of active listening into all of our relationships is a win-win-win all around. Mm, I love that so much. And that's what this is all about, empowering ourselves, empowering each other. And I think listening deeply to each other, to the home wisdom of our heart and to even life. And you talk about this in your book, just looking around and listening. It could be a bumper sticker. It could be something on television. It could be something in nature, that deep heart of listening can usher in so much grace, ease, peace, wisdom, and, you know, really open our hearts to profound love. Such good stuff here, Tal. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you, Tammy. And my guests and friends and listeners, thank you so much for being part of the energy here today. You are my heart, my prayers. Please be in touch, Tammy B. PhD. Onward and upward. Take good, gentle care of yourself. Bye for now.